Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. I am here alongside JJ. Um, and yeah, we're going to jump into the NRL round four. Is it? Is it round three? It's round four. I'm getting my rounds mixed up a lot lately. I don't know. I think it's because I was away for the four days over round one. Uh, but we're jumping into today's preview. And I'm with JJ. And this is statistically the most competitive comp we've had in years, at least for the start, which is completely different to last season. So I'm loving this. Hopefully it stays long-term. It doesn't have to be, you know, this consistent, but I'm enjoying seeing some of the teams that really struggled go well. Now the Tigers are still struggling. They were my cause for concern the past two weeks on my NRL Power Hour podcast. And my team, the Warriors, also a bit of a cause for concern. Now, I'm going to jump into the first game Thursday night. Gold Coast Titans, who had some concerns himself, but also some really bright young stars who I think not not as concerning as the Tigers, definitely. It's like these young guys will learn quickly. Just a concerning game. Concerning 40 minutes, uh, really, on the weekend. So Gold Coast fading out, losing to the Raiders, giving up a 22-point lead to go down 24-22 whilst the Tigers lost to the Warriors. And I'm a Warriors man through and through, but that was an ugly game. A win is a win, you know, we're on the board, so I'm happy about it. I'm not going to bag the boys at all. I'm a supporter, but yeah, that was not a great game, not a great vibe from the Tigers. The Warriors, better vibe at least. But uh, look, I think the no try to Luciano Leilua, like, and this isn't even from a neutral perspective. Like, this is from a guy who I'm happy when shit calls go my team's way. I'm like, dope, yeah, I'll take that, as we all do. But, like, the Luciano Leilua one should have at least been sent up to have a look at. Like, every time I saw the replay, and look, we didn't see it slowed down, but also it's like, we don't have to see it millisecond by millisecond. Like, I'm happy to just be like, look, that's a try. That, yeah, we can just call that a try. And look, yeah, that was a pretty big turning point, but my team won. So look, I'll, I'll take it. But yeah, I thought that was definitely a point to make. And that is as a person who was cheering against the Tigers on the weekend, I was still like, man, I'm pretty sure that is a try. And they didn't even look at it. They were like, eh, no, we don't need to look at this. Well, <laughs> but look, this is not the Mick talks about his team podcast. This is the West Tigers up against the Gold Coast Titans. This is going to be at the Titans' home ground up on the Gold Coast. Seabus Super Stadium, is that a bank? I don't know. Insurance? I don't know. Not important. Super. Superannuation. Seabus Super Stadium. True. Nice pickup, JJ. On the ball uh, today. <laughs> now, Gold Coast Titans up against the Tigers. If the Tigers lose this, and look, like, one thing I'm not going to talk about tonight is, like, 
Uh, did they sack Michael Maguire or like, yeah, shit like that? Whoopsie, just click my mic, my alarm's going off, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I'm not going to talk about Michael Maguire. Like, it, one thing I thought about on the weekend is I'm like, every year a team has to come last. And it's like, yeah, there are standards and things like that. But I think the future is actually bright for the Tigers. They're under 20 side, the Jersey Flag side uh, last season were actually like killing it. They were first, and then the season was cancelled. But, like, they had some really good young guys, and I know that doesn't always translate to success, but that's, like, a good sign. Their New South Wales Cup side was going really well last year. They're not going well at all to start this season. I guess kind of indicative of the West Tigers in the NRL as a whole. I'm wondering if the New South Wales Cup side have five captains as well or what their situation is. But, look, the West Tigers... They have been my cause for concern. They are a major cause for concern. I really hope they can turn it around. And I think maybe they can. And I'm not about bagging players at all. But Jermaine Azarko stepping into the fullback role after not having much time at the Titans. I think that potentially the Tigers could be in for the first win of this season here. Now, as far as the key battle, that's going to be in the Fords. Stefano Yutoikamanu is out for a while. And that is a huge loss for the Tigers forwards. The Titans have some dominant players as well. Mo Fodawaka, Isaac Liu, uh, Tino Fasua Meloawe. Uh, I'm pretty sure is how to say it. i really got to work on that. It's a tricky one. Uh, David Fafida, Bo Fermor, who is killing it at the moment. So look, the Tigers are really going to need to step up in the forwards. And as my one to watch... Uh, I've gone Alex Twile. Now, I know he's played a lot of first-grade games, but I've got one to watch. I'm keeping my eye on him this weekend. I think maybe this is the game where he f- scores his first try. And I'm not out here saying this every week. This might be one of the only weeks I say it, but he's my one to watch. I'm going to be peeking, keeping, peeking. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. Peeking's a bit creepy. Uh, but I'm going to be keeping an eye which is not much less creepy, on Alex Twal this weekend because I think maybe he's going to score his first try. As far as my X-Factor player, I am going AJ Brimson alongside Toby Sexton as my cat enters the frame. Hey, how's it going, mate? Um, how's it going, mate? Getting very comfortable there. Uh, AJ Brimson is a phenomenal talent and I'm really liking his partnership with Toby Sexton. Yeah, they lost the game last weekend. Yeah, my cat is really getting right in here. How's it going, mate? Uh, but AJ Brimson, like I'll keep it short, he is just a gun. I really like the combination, and he's got a lot of great forwards around him, and he's got finishes on the wing in Corey Thompson and Greg Marzier. He's got great centers. Jermaine Azarko is going to be interesting at fullback, as I said, but overall, look, I am going to be going for the Gold Coast Titans, Sorry for blabbering. Uh, I'll, I'll get on track for the next game. But yeah, I'm going to go the Gold Coast Titans over the West Tigers. I need to see more from the West Tigers. Now I see that Jock Madden is playing in the halves. So Jack ha- Jackson Hastings still out for the West Tigers. They do get Kenwell Marlow back and James Roberts. But look, I think ultimately the Gold Coast Titans... I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how the Tigers are going to win, but there's something. The Jermaine Azarko thing at fullback, I don't know why, just gives me this reason where I'm like, maybe this is the game where the Tigers do it. 
and maybe Alex Twal scores a try to help them. But until they show me what they can do, I'm going to have to go against them here. So I'm going to be taking the Gold Coast Titans. As for JJ, I'm not too sure which way he's going to go. He's a bit more of a rapid guy, so he's not much of a blubbler like myself. So JJ will wrap it pretty well. What are you thinking? Gold Coast hosting that team known as the West Tigers. Good save. So I had a few beers in the uh, lead up. Yeah, for mine, as the current holders of the Bedshit Cup, the West Tigers are going to go down. Um, the Titans have shown they can score points, although you know they gave up that lead last week. They've shown promise. They've shown they can put points on the board, and I think at home they will definitely get it done against what I now see as probably the lowest-ranked side in the competition. So um, Titans for mine, probably in a big win. Up next in the earlier Friday clash, we have the Cronulla Sharks, who, wow, Nico Hines, what a signing. I'll get to a few of their signings in a moment. They will be taking on the Newcastle Knights, who themselves are right in the mix to have a fantastic season. Uh, Now, last round, Mitchell Barnett. I already got into that a little bit during my NRL Power Hour podcast, so I don't really need to touch on that in this one, but gee whiz. Mitch Barnett, yeah, that was fucking rogue. But look, I'm not I'm not going to bag him because he would be feeling super shit about it. It's one of those things, yeah, it was a massive dick move and he could have really hurt Chris Smith. But he knows that. He's a fucking grown man. Like, he knows that. And he would feel super shit about that. And people can make mistakes and they can also feel shit about that. And yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he does it again. And I'm sure he reached out. So, look, let's move on from Mitch Barnett because I'm not here to blabble. I'm trying not to blabble. Now, as far as the ins and outs for this game, for the Sharks, CSC for Talakai is moving out to the centers where, look, he's just devastating on an edge no matter what. He's played center plenty of times before. And he'll be replacing Connor Tracy, who has a groin injury, which I've never had. But, like, most of the NRL injuries... That's one thing that would deter me from playing it. Like, I played rugby league growing up. But, like, fuck, the injuries would suck, definitely. Like, a groin injury. Ouch. That sounds sucky. So, get well soon, Connor Tracy. Uh, Teague Wilton is going to be returning to the side. He was playing really well. I think he's a great addition to the side. They've got some quality young guys throughout their team. And Aiden Tolman on the bench, going to be playing his 300th game. Played for the Melbourne Storm the Bulldogs for a long time and like yeah just consistent he's he always he always puts in the effort you know I I can never say I couldn't say anything really bad about him so yeah Aiden Tolman 300 games that is a fucking lot not easy to do respect to anyone even one game is a big accomplishment a lot of really really talented guys who are unreal footy players, probably even better than the Aiden Tolmans of this world, but can't you know, like uh, adapt to what it takes to actually be an NRL player at a professional level and train and like everything that goes into it. And yeah, Aiden Tolman, 300 games. He's got that secret sauce. Now, as for the Newcastle Knights, skipper Callan Ponga, again named to return from a knee injury. This is from NRL.com, by the way. I'm not trying to plagiarize, I'm just reading the ins and outs. Uh, Callum Pong has been named to return, so it'll be interesting to see if he will play after missing the last two weeks. 
And Brady Jones is going to be back in the Knights side. He was a standout last year. He's going to be replacing Mitch Barnett. Oops, oops. Pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. Uh, so he's got a six-game ban. Boom. So that's a really big chance for Brody Jones to step up and take that position, maybe long-term. And Suasu Su, who he's been floating around, named on the bench after returning successfully from his shoulder surgery, played New South Wales Cup last weekend, and he's in the side. So... Sharks and Knights, that should be an incredibly fun one. They're both actually contenders, in my opinion. And it's at the Sharks' home ground, Shark Park. So, look, they haven't played there in a couple of years. And the first time they did play, they fucking got the Eels right at the last minute. So, look, I think the crowd are going to be really pumped, especially about how the Sharks backed it up in the derby, which, look, a lot of the Sharks fans would have been there again. So... The vibes are very good with the Sharks. And look, it's same for the Knights. Like, the fucking Knights, the Mitchell Barnett thing kind of put a dampener on the game as a whole. And, like, the Knights' effort was still there. They scored 20 points against the Penrith Panthers, who are renowned. They won a premiership and, like, had this amazing season in 2020, making the grand final, mainly built on, like, defense. Like, yeah, a lot of the flashy attacking play is like what we remember, but the defense was essentially the core of it. And yeah, both of these teams are very defensive. The Sharks under Craig Fitzgibbon, I think that is definitely an area they're going to be looking to upskill in. And for the Knights, Adam O'Brien spent a lot of time under Craig Bellamy in the Melbourne Storm system. Look, he has definitely learned a few things from the master coach, and there were good raps on him. Like the people at the Melbourne Storm had a really high opinion of him. Trent Robinson brought Adam O'Brien over to the Sydney Roosters to be an assistant coach, one of the seasons where they won a premiership. And now the Knights have brought him on board, and he's doing really good things with this Knights squad. Even Callum Ponga being out, and they're still showing that they can get it done. No Mitchell Pearce, no problem. Adam Clune doing a fine job, along with Jake Clifford. For the Sharks, Nico Hines. One of the best signings this season alongside Dale Finucane, Cameron McInnes. Like, they've signed 10 out of 10, in my opinion, the Sharks. It's exactly the guys they need. And Nico Hines, I mean, if he has a really, really unbelievable season, there are going to be a lot of guys going for it, but he could very well be in the race to at least be a top five Dell M player. So he was, whoop, nearly dropped my notes. He was the 19th man in origin for Blues, or 20th man, so... Who knows, we may even see him in the frame, potentially for the number 14 jersey. Ryan Pappenhausen would be another great option, but Nico Hines is already in the frame, thereabouts, for origin calculations. So he's stepping up now big time, and look, he's handling it really well. It is not easy to step into that halfback position. He knows going down to Sydney and playing for a team like the Sharks is going to really up the pressure, rather than being in Melbourne, which is such an AFL-dominated territory. And the Storm Boys have a little bit more free reign to just go about their daily lives without having to constantly be in that NRL bubble. So now Nico Hines, he's right in the midst of it. He is the halfback for the Sharks and he is going so well. It's good to see as well. I've been a fan of his. My Queensland Cup team that I support is the Sunshine Coast Falcons. So he spent a time, bit of time there. He was really decent as well at um, the Mackay Cutters playing halfback. 
and then the Sunshine Coast Falcons signed him, and yeah, he went from there, got into the Melbourne Storm side, played so well. Like, he was one of the best players in the competition last year, to the point where it was like, he has to go. There are too many guys in front of him at the Storm, and this guy is, like, ready to be the guy. So, yeah, hugely impressed with Nico Hines. Big opportunity for Brody Jones for the Knights and Jara Moimoisea to step up and fill that void left by Mitch Barnett and Lachlan Fitzgibbon, who is injured. Talakai, as I said before, in the centres. And Kurt Mann seems to have really found his position as a lock forward. He's played there before at the Dragons off the bench. But with the new modern-day forward, Kurt Mann seems perfectly suited to that. Uh, Connor Watson has departed, but... Kurt Mann is filling the void. He has had his trouble with injuries, but I am just really happy to see him going well. It's going to be a fantastic game. A game I think it's going to be built on defense, and then the attack will go from there. And as far as my prediction, there have been times I've doubted the Sharks preseason and going into the season, round one, two, three. I am no longer doubting the Sharks. I'm going to take them over the Knights who I also don't doubt anymore, but I think the Sharks could very well be the real deal. So I'm going to be taking the Cronulla Sharks. I think Nico Hines is the X-Factor player. And as for JJ, I know he is a big fan of the Knights, and he also has a vested interest in the Sharks. He he really thinks they're going to go well this season. That was one thing he said to me pre-season. He was a lot more confident on their chances. Look, I was super confident in their chances, I did my preseason predictions and I had nine teams in my top eight. And I was like, if I am being real, who is the team that misses out? And I actually thought maybe Seagulls. And I was like, if I'm being realistic and true to myself, it is the Warriors who I had in my eight. I was like, these guys, I had them eighth. And I was like, realistically, these are the guys who don't make it. But I took the Sharks out, even though I was like, I actually think they're going to have an awesome season. I feel nothing but like positively about Craig Fitzgibbon and the whole setup but I just had to get the Warriors in there so I've put them in ninth and yeah I'm now being made to look like a dickhead and congratulations Sharks I'm always happy to own it and yeah they're definitely going to finish higher than the Warriors who knows though who knows sorry for going on about the Warriors let's get to JJ now what his take is on Cronulla Sharks hosting the Newcastle Knights Alrighty, as you touched on um, pretty high. I was pretty high on the Sharks before the season from what I've seen from the Newcastle Knights. I'm even higher on them, to be honest. But this week, I think at home, Sharks will get it done. They'll have enough um, momentum though for the majority of the match. They'll be able to wrestle more momentum, I think. Um, really like what I've seen from the Knights so far. Impressive, even when they went down a man last week. And yeah, Ponga could be a danger could be quite a close game i imagine but yeah i'm gonna take the sharks all right up next it is the friday night game this is my game of the round it's the grand final rematch the panthers in penrith hosting the rabbitos who got a much needed win against their hot rivals the roosters last weekend now just having a quick look at the teams for the panthers nathan cleary is back he's my x-factor player for the game i think he's going to be the one who gets them over the line along with a couple of others, because they are missing some players, which I'll get to in a moment, but the return of Nathan Cleary is huge. There are other guys out of the team, but like sometimes in teams, and it's not good to have, like the Panthers wouldn't have this, but I've played in teams sometimes 
where there was a guy, not me, who played like, you know, position certain guys where it was like, if they didn't play, you're like, oh, you know, certain guys when they're playing and they're on the field, you're like, okay, I feel way better about our chances of winning. And Nathan Cleary is one of them. So shout out to my mate, John T, who in like junior open grade, I don't know, under 15s or something, maybe earlier under 13s, charged down one of Nathan Cleary's kicks. Uh, that's yeah, classic memory, classic rugby league moment. Shout out John T. But uh, sorry, that's a massive blabble. Uh, Nathan Cleary, he's definitely one of those guys who, when he is on the park, you feel more confident about your chances of winning. Panthers haven't lost yet as well. They are the current reigning NRL premiers. So look, I think overall they're gonna feel pretty confident about their chances of winning. But the Rabbitohs are gonna be fired up. Definitely, the grand final rematches are always great spectacles. Panthers home ground is going to be rocking as well. And look, the Panthers have some unbelievable young guns in their side. Taylor May, younger brother of Tyron May, scoring a hat-trick last weekend. And look, five tries between Isaac Tago and Taylor May on that left side. So they absolutely tore it up last weekend. They now step up. They didn't play in the grand final team. There are a few guys in this side who didn't play in the grand final team for the Panthers that won. So now in this grand final rematch, this is like a a chance to say, hey, if there are injuries or like guys like Matt Burton left and a couple of others, it's like there are positions that may be up for grabs with injury, suspension and things like that. And this is a great opportunity for some of these guys on both of the sides, Rabbitohs included, to put their hand up and say in the big games, I can perform, and without putting too much pressure on themselves, just coming out and doing their jobs. As far as other Panthers' young guns, Lindsay Smith, a young Ford, he's been named to play his first game of the season. He's only played, I don't know, one or two games before, I think, but he's supposed to be a really quality talent. They've taken their time as well to develop him, so I'm excited to see what he can do. Spencer Lanier as well, a bit of a step up in responsibility. No Moses Leota, no Spencer, no, there is Spencer Lanier. Sorry, getting a bit off track here tonight. There's no James Fisher-Harris, there's no Moses Leota. So now Spencer Lanier, he has a chance to really step up and he's been rated very highly, uh, likened to like a very elite up-and-coming forward like Payne Haas. There's also someone like Charlie Staines who had a great game on the weekend, look, he hasn't been, he's not been as effective as some of their other players, but I'm excited to see what he can do. Now there's a bit more pressure on him, um, not just Taylor May, but also guys like Thomas Jenkins, who's a young kid, hasn't debuted yet in their reserve grade team, which is killing it at the moment. Uh, Robert Jennings as well, he's still in the frame. So Charlie Staines has some guys who are chasing that position and he lost the position last year. Charlie Staines didn't play in the grand final either. So a lot of guys with a point to prove. Cameron Murray, he's one of them. Oh, I don't know actually if he is one of them because he doesn't have anything to prove after the grand final. He was such an amazing player on the day, but the Rabbitohs didn't get it done. So he's got a point to prove this year. He's the captain. He's leading the Rabbitohs forward into a new era without uh, Wayne Bennett. And look... I called Dylan Brown my X-Factor player of the round during my power hour, but if I was to do it today, and upon a bit more reflection, I actually think Cameron Murray 
probably deserves it. It was just the fact that Dylan Brown did it against the Melbourne Storm in Melbourne, which I just thought was like the toughest test in the NRL, other than maybe the Panthers and Penrith. So I'm going to be keeping a mad close eye, if I can say that. I don't even know if that makes sense. Uh, very close eye on the Panthers and the Rabbitohs this weekend. As I said, no James Fisher-Harris, no Brian Toe either. But there are some experienced heads on lower coin, guys like Scott Sorensen, Matt Eisenhuth. As for the Rabbitohs, look, I said last week that I thought the Roosters were going to beat them. They were going to outmuscle them in the Fords. It was the opposite. I thought the Rabbitohs did that. And I'm just going to give credit to the Rabbitohs Ford pack. Guys like Murray, Jai Arrow, Kolomatangi. Uh, everyone played their role and they got a massive win over the Roosters. Now they're going to be going up against a Ford pack without Fisher-Harris, without Leota. And they're going to have a massive opportunity. There's going to be no Capewell either. So... This is game of the round. Game of the motherfucking round. X-Factor player, Nathan Cleary, no doubt. One to watch, Taylor May. If he keeps performing as well as he is, they're just going to have to find a place in the team for him. Otherwise, someone else will. This is what happens when you're the best teams in the competition. Like It's hard to keep all these guys. So, very interesting to see what's going to happen. I'm keeping a close eye on Taylor May. As for the key battle, as I said, Cameron Murray, enormous last weekend. And Isaiah Yo, that's my battle. The two lock forwards, the two best lock forwards in the competition. And Isaiah Yo leading the Dally M count, nine votes. So he's been man of the match all three games. I think that puts him right in contention to be the starting New South Wales origin lock once again. And yeah, I know Nathan, Nathan Cleary is back. That is going to take some points away from Yo. But that just shows you how quality he is and what a huge part of this side he is. It's like when Nathan Cleary goes, who steps up the most? Well, it's the other captain, Isaiah Yo. He is like the fucking embodiment of what a captain's all about. Same as Nathan Cleary as well, but Isaiah Yo just seems like a quintessential captain kind of vibe. Just a guy who fucking gets it done. Sorry, I'm swearing like a sailor. My goodness. The beers, like, do not lie. Um, now, as for how it plays out, I think this is going to be a really physical game. I think both sides are going to be bringing their A game as well. I think we're going to see a much improved Rabbitohs side. Watch out for Latrell Mitchell. If he explodes, then the Panthers could be in a bit of strife. And Cody Walker is going to be a key element as well as the battle in the forwards. But ultimately... I'm going to go with the Penrith Panthers. Until I see them lose, I don't think I'm going to go against them. But I do expect the Rabbitohs to really challenge them. And I'm not going to be surprised if the Rabbitohs win, but man, the Panthers are the team to beat. So this is a test for the Rabbitohs, most definitely. I'm going for the Panthers. JJ, what way are you looking in this one? Yeah, I think um, this will be the sternest test for Panthers so far. I've really liked what they've shown in terms of their like the the amount of depth and, and the players they can have coming through like their second string. I think you've touched on their um, reserve sides being really strong, so that's really good signs for the Panthers. But in this specific game, I'm actually going to go for the Rabbitohs because just judging what I saw last week, I feel like they're hitting a momentary peak, which is just slightly above where the Panthers are at. And obviously, Nathan Cleary coming back in is a huge in. But for some reason, I'm just feeling like the Rabbitohs can get it done. So I'm going to take the Rabbitohs. 
Up next, a very intriguing contest. It is the first game on Super Saturday. The Warriors hosting the Broncos, but realistically, this is a Broncos home game. It's in Redcliffe, which we're going to be seeing a lot more of the stadium going forward with the Dolphins. But at the moment, it's going to be the Warriors hosting the Broncos. Looking at the ins and outs, now Sean Johnson's been named on the extended bench as he's looking to return from a pectoral injury suffered in round one. That's from NRL.com. And Jack Murchie comes onto the bench. Good to see that. I think he's earned a spot. Goodness, it'd be interesting to see if he can contribute um, Yeah, his best to the team. And Bailey Sirenin makes way. Now, looking at the Broncos, Kurt Capewell is battling a calf problem. So he's amongst the reserves. Tom Flegler is back from suspension on the bench, and Jordan Rickey has been named, but he does have a rib injury, so that will be monitored, and Ryan James is into the starting side. One talking point, especially since Ewan Aitken has announced that he's going to be staying in Australia next year, is that, yeah, the Australian players, a lot of these guys may end up staying in Australia. Matt Lodge could end up at the Dolphins, same as Reese Walsh, and look, I think that could Definitely be. I think the Reese Walsh one is going to happen, but look, Josh Curran is staying with us. I fucking love Josh Curran. And I'm like, look, I'm not going to hold it against the guys who stay in Australia. It's their life. It's their choice. It's a complex decision at the moment with everything that's been going on in the last few years. But now the guys who do go to Auckland, the Kiwis who get to go back after staying in Australia, and the Aussies who make the commitment to the Warriors, I am going to be like, yeah, fuck yeah, you guys are dope. I support all the guys, even if, you know, Ewan Aitken's already announced he's staying. I mean, he's leaving, he's staying in Australia. And I back Ewan Aitken 100%, you know, I'm a supporter of the club. But I'm like, the guys who do go back to Auckland, especially the Kiwis as well, who have stayed this long in Australia, massive, massive respect. As for the Broncos, they were in great form in the first two rounds. Pretty shocking form against the Cowboys last weekend. Now, I'm pretty interested, I guess is the best way to put it, as for how the Broncos are going to go over the course of the season. But long term, they look like they're starting to put the things in the fucking place. (laughs) I'm struggling. The beers... They're putting uh, things in place to be able to be sustainably successful long-term and be in the mix for premierships every year. And obviously they're not there yet, but look, that's what they're trying to build towards. Now, last year, I remember the Warriors losing to the Broncos. That was the game where Reese Walsh just had a very average night with the conversions, and that was what lost us the game. But no hard feelings towards Reese. Reese? Gee, fucking where's the beers. But, um... No hard feelings towards Reese, but I do remember that the Broncos got the win over us, and the Broncos are a lot better side this year. I don't know whether the Warriors are a better side at the moment, so Broncos could be in for a big win here, but I've actually got Reese Walsh down as my X-Factor player. I think he's going to remember this game last year. Maybe he was kind of psyched out by the fact he was playing a lot of his mates. He was there at the start of the season at the Broncos last year, so... I think this year he's going to be more prepared for it, and I have Reese Walsh as my X-Factor player. As for the key matchup, I have the middle forwards in this one. For Brisbane, Payne Haas. 
I think he has potential to be player of the match. He's someone as a Warriors fan. I look at guys like Payne Haas, uh, Patrick Carrigan, and guys like Kobe Hetherington even that I think could really trouble the Warriors. But as for the New Zealand side, not New Zealand based at the moment though, Adam Fanua Blake, Matt Lodge up against his former club. I really like that prop rotation with Bunty Afor and Aaron Panay coming off the bench. So look, I think the battle in the middle is going to be really essential to whoever can look to get that win. So look, as a Warriors fan, that's where I hope we can get it done. And Adam Fanua Blake and Matt Lodge as well to an extent are elite props, but Payne Haas is one of the most, if not the most, elite prop. And I think going forward, he may prove to be the most elite prop. But look, Jason Talmalola, I know he's been playing lock, but he seems to have, like, he just seems a lot leaner. I know this is a bit of a Cowboys note, which I'm not talking about them right now, but he looks a lot leaner. And so he's been a dominant forward for a long time. But Payne Haas, he looks like he is going to be just this unbelievable sensation I've heard people talking about him as maybe the first front rower in a long, long time. Maybe ever? I don't know. I think a long, long time to win the Delhi M eventually at some point in his career, not this season. So Brisbane building in a positive direction. As for the Broncos X-Factor player, I've gone Adam Reynolds. He is their marquee signing. They've said Ben Eichens come out and said it, that they're not going to look to get another marquee signing for next season. They're going to try and build from within. So... Adam Reynolds, he's their marquee guy going forward, and he is no doubt their X-Factor player. Not his best game against the Cowboys by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm expecting him to have a big bounce back. He is going to be a massive part of Brisbane and the success that they're trying to build. Now, as for my point of difference, I've got the centers for the Brisbane Broncos. I do have concerns over Rocco Berry in the centers for the Warriors. Warriors, Warriors. Uh, defensively and as for Jesse Arthurs it's going to be a big game for him because he's still contracted to the Broncos he's come to the Warriors on a one-year loan Uh, I actually hope the Warriors keep him I'm a huge fan of Jesse Arthurs so it'd be cool to watch him up against Herbie Farnworth who has been unreal potentially the Broncos best player alongside Payne Haas and he's been outshining Katoni Staggs who's been quiet and it's like damn I hope this isn't the one where Katoni Staggs just fires, because Herbie Farnworth seems like he's going to be consistently firing. So my point of difference for the Broncos are the centers. But as far as my prediction, another biased one. I said last weekend if the Warriors lost, that that would be it. Like, I would have definitely gone the Broncos here. But after that win and the Broncos loss, I'm hoping, look, it's early in the season. Let's gone Warriors. I'm going to be taking my side the New Zealand Warriors over the Broncos with not much confidence at all. I think Brisbane are probably going to bring the best versions of themselves, but I'm looking at this from a very biased perspective. My apologies. Let's get a non-biased perspective on this one from JJ. Yeah, I can definitely see it going both ways, but I think we're going to have to take the Broncos here. Um, a few uncharacteristic errors last week from Reynolds Strong performance from the Cowboys. I'm still pretty high on the Broncos. Like, I like what I've seen. The Warriors, I'll just say they have to gain my trust. So, as I said, can see it going both ways, but I'm going to lean towards the Broncos for my tip this week. Moving on to the next game. This one was the hardest one for me to decide. 
It is taking place at Glen Willow Oval in Mudgee, so neutral venue on Saturday evening. It's going to be the Seagulls up against the Raiders. So I really struggled to pick who I had winning this one. And Daily Cherry Evans with the field goal to get the Seagulls started for their season. And an interesting stat, this is the third season in a row that the Seagulls and Daily Cherry Evans have won by one point to get their first season of the win. Every time Daily Cherry Evans kicked the field goal, now this year it was the Bulldogs, last round 13-12, last year it was the Warriors 13-12, and 2020 it was the Roosters 9-8, with Cherry Evans getting the field goal every time. A lot of people believe this is going to be the kickstart that Manly need. As for the Raiders, it was a crazy game last week. Huge comeback from them. Matt Tomoko is keeping Jared Croker out of the side. And look, I, I still don't know exactly where the Raiders are, but I actually give their forward pack the edge here. The key battle here is going to be in the middle forwards. And look, I actually swing toward the Raiders in that. I think their forward pack are in better form. Now, the X-Factor battle is going to be in the halves. Jack Whiten and Brad Schneider, who I am a huge fan of. Huge fan of both of them. And Karen Foran and Daly Cherry Evans, a proven combination who've won a premiership together. So that is going to be the X-Factor battle. Uh, Frawley dummy half as well. Matt Frawley starting last weekend at dummy half for the Raiders. Well, they went down 22-0. So look, I don't know. I really don't know about that, but Tom Starling was one of the best on ground in their comeback. Uh, point of difference, no doubt, Tom Trebojevic. I think he has potential to really tear the Raiders apart in this game. One to watch, Semi Vellame had a sensational game, one of his best games of his career, up against the... Who'd they beat again? Oh, Titans. Yeah, that's right. Whacked AJ Brimson, scored that try at the end of the first half, which is what got them back in the game. And I've seen a lot of Raiders fans, most of them just shit talkers to be honest, but talking some mad trash about Semi Valme. So I'm actually backing him in. He's only young and he's moved into the centers. So not having to catch as many high balls. And look, it might be a really good move for him. As far as my prediction, I am going to be taking the Manly Seagulls. I'll be cheering for the Raiders. They are my second team. But look, I just... This was a very, very hard one to pick, so I went back to my season previews. I was very concerned about the Seagulls. I said if there was any team that looked really good, that were going to struggle, that people maybe didn't see coming, I had it as the Seagulls. But ultimately, I put them in fourth. I think they can get their shit together. Was that field goal last weekend the catalyst for that? I don't know. But I'm, I'm thinking, look, I had them in fourth. I had the Raiders finishing 10th. Really love the Raiders as a club, but I do have some question marks. Something, I don't know, it's hard to tell whether something is off at the club. Kind of felt that way against the Cowboys and in the first half up against the Titans, but maybe it's just growing pains. But as far as this weekend, I'm just going to have to go with the Manly Seagulls in what I expect to be one of the best games as far as watching and how it all plays out. So I think it's going to be one of the best games of the round. Could this one go to Golden Point or a field goal? I don't know, but I think ultimately the Manly Seagulls are going to find a way to get it done. Having a look at this one, JJ, Glen Willow, Glen Willow Oval, my apologies. English failing me in Mudgee, so a neutral venue. Both of these sides having played here before. 
Uh, who do you think is going to get the win? Seagulls, Raiders? Yeah, I'm actually going to jump on the Seagulls as well for this one. I think it's a massive test for them. Neutral venue. Raiders have looked good. But I'm going to go back to a bit of a pace theory. I feel like Manly is a little bit um, speedier. So maybe they could just get around uh, the Raiders. Not exactly sure though. The Raiders have looked pretty good. Mostly at home. And I think that will play into it. I think they're a little bit weaker away. And I think, look, if Manly are going to be anything this season, they absolutely must win this game. So I'm going to take the Manly Sea Eagles. And if they don't win... I'm going to be off them for a little bit. Now for the Saturday night game. And look, the grand final rematch had to be the game of the round. But if that game wasn't being played, then I think the Roosters and the Cowboys. Cowboys home ground in Townsville, which is actually quite a hard place to play with the humidity. Hard to not do like the silly mistakes like knock-ons and stuff under fatigue. And the Cowboys have been the major surprise packet of the season. People were talking about mainly Den and Kemp. Uh, Broncos ambushes this season, year of the ambush. But could this be the North Queensland Cowboys year of the ambush? Really liking Tom Dearden and Chad Townsend together in the halves. And as a Warriors fan, like again, I hate to keep mentioning it, but Todd Payton, I really rated. I wanted him when he left. I wanted Craig Fitzgibbon, but I wanted Todd Payton to be the coach. Like I was really happy with the job he's doing. Uh, and at the Cowboys, he's been bringing these young players through, which is something that Paul Green wasn't really doing. He was trying to retain his premiership stars. As far as the team changes, Cowboys going with the same 17 that dominated the Broncos last weekend. A host of young stars doing an incredible job. Griffin Name, Jeremiah Nanai, who was my rising star of the previous round. And look, the Roosters, I had them winning the premiership this year, but they seem beatable. And when they get Brandon Smith next year, look, they're going to go up to another level. But they've just lost a lot of elite players, legends of the club. Boyd Cordner, Jake Friend, the Morris Twins. And they're just slowly putting things into place. Giving guys like Sam Walker time to figure things out. Same with guys like Joseph Suwali, who's still emerging. And look, it's it's definitely going to be a big game. I think this is very winnable for the Cowboys and the Roosters. Uh, look, they're not going to be in panic mode by any stretch of the imagination, but Trent Robinson is not coaching this weekend. Uh, some COVID complications. Now, I don't know whether it's going to be... I think Jason Riles and Brett Morris are the assistant coaches. Maybe we see Brett Morris take the reins. I'm not exactly sure. I tried to look it up. As I said, we've had a few beers, so I did a pretty poor job of looking it up. I'm sure it's out there. Uh, but yeah, Trent Robinson not coaching the side this weekend. As for one of the matchups, I'm really keen to see Valentine Holmes last uh, weekend. He was massive, man of the match in my opinion. Jeremiah Nanai was huge as well, but Vel Holmes totally outclassed Katoni Staggs. Just won that battle, which was one of my key matchups going into that one. So one of my key matchups here, Valentine Holmes, who is directly opposite Joey Manu. Both can play fullback as well. They know how to roam the field. And they're game breakers, so very keen to see Joey Manu up against Valentine Holmes. And no doubt the Roosters are going to be fired up. They're capable still of winning the Premiership. That is going to be their goal. So I expect them to come out and come to Townsville with every intention of showing that they can be a Premiership side. So they're only changed. Daniel Fafita in for Fletcher Baker. And look, if the Cowboys win this, 
then are they the real deal? Still early in the season, but I think we at least now are paying them every respect that they are improving. And a lot of the teams are improving, which is awesome to see. Mainly only the Warriors and the West Tigers at the moment are the only sides that aren't improving. Everyone else, like Broncos, Cowboys, Bulldogs, it seems like there's at least, you know, they're definitely better and they've made some really awesome signings in terms of trying to turn things around long term. As far as the X-Factor battle, I've gone for the halves, Sam Walker and Luke Carey with Drew Hutchison in the side as well, up against Chad Townsend and Tom Dearden. Alongside with Clune and Clifford, these guys I think are the two most underrated halves combinations, at least like going into the season. Maybe not underrated, but I guess the two halves pairings that have exceeded everyone's expectations so far. Clune and Clifford, but definitely Dearden and Townsend as well, with Scott Drinkwater not even making the side being a depth player, so very interesting. Do we see someone like the Dolphins or another side try to pick up Scott Drinkwater? As far as the point of difference, I think both squads have a really good mix of youth and experience. So for both sides, and especially the Cowboys, I think that is going to be a good point of difference for them, is that they have a lot of young guys, but they also have experience. Guys like Jason Taumalolo, Premiership winner, same as Jordan McLean, uh, just trying to rack my brain, Valentine Holmes, Premiership winner. So yeah, they've got guys throughout the squad who can get it done, and some very promising young kids. Up against the quality Roosters side, but a different looking side to the side that went back to back. So look, this is a game that I am most definitely going to be watching, paying my full attention. And for my prediction, this is going to be very big as for both sides going forward. It's not the be all and end all, but I think the Roosters are going to come out and want to make a statement, especially against the best defensive side in the NRL so far this season the North Queensland Cowboys. So, look, I think the Roosters are going to be primed for a big game. I don't think they're going to smash the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are going to be riding this one. But ultimately, I think the Roosters are going to get it done. So I'm going to take the Sydney Roosters. Ultra keen to watch this one. I know JJ is as well. Sydney Roosters in Townsville, up against the home side, the North Queensland Cowboys. Where are you at with this one, JJ? Yeah, for this one, this is really interesting. Um... Yeah, I'm pretty been pretty impressed with what the Cowboys have put up, but this is a tier one team as I describe them. Sydney Roosters, I think they're going to bring an absolute reality check to the Cowboys. I know it's at home for the Cowboys, so the conditions could play slightly into it. But if the Roosters are the Roosters, they should win this game and convincingly. Um, but if the Cowboys do win this, then well, I'll have to eat my words entirely. Um, that is beating a tier one team. Granted, it will be at home, so that that'll be interesting to see if that plays a factor. I think early in the season, it's not as much of a factor potentially. Um, but yeah, my tip is going to be on the Sydney Roosters. But interested to see what the Cowboys can bring to the table. At time to jump on to our Sunday game. Uh, this one a bit easier for me to pick, but I'm hoping for a very competitive game, much like the season has been. So far, Melbourne Storm in Melbourne hosting the Bulldogs. Josh Adokar facing his old side. Many memories, a lot of mates on that team. 
And for the Melbourne Storm, look, they have a couple of Bulldogs players who have some mates on the other side. Remus Smith, former Bulldog. Nick Meaney is amongst the reserves. And looking at the side, it's interesting. Look, Melbourne, I think I'm picking them, obviously. I have Harry Grant, Brandon Smith, Jerome Hughes, Cameron Hamunster, Ryan Pabenhausen. I think any time they play together, and other than maybe a side like the Panthers, I think I'm probably going to be picking Melbourne to win, especially in Melbourne. But I did that against the Eels, and yeah, wow, that was just a nuts game. But this should be a very fun one to watch, especially kicking off the Sunday action. We'll be coming hot off the UFC pay-per-view, so I'll be right in the mood for some footy. And for the Melbourne Storm, look, there's been talk about a Cameron Munster pay cut. That is very dangerous if the Storm want to go down that route. I'm thinking the try he set up for Nick Meaney with that kick uh, last weekend, that was awesome. Like He just makes these big plays and executes them. Someone like Cameron Smith was the guy who would make plays like that before. And look, I think Munster, you've, you've got to give him some money because Wayne Bennett will fucking get him to the Dolphins. No doubt about it if Melbourne Storm don't want to come to the party. And look, let's not forget Cameron Munster. Some of the best footy we have ever seen him play was in the underdog, labelled at times the worst Queensland side ever under Wayne Bennett. Cameron Munster was man of the series, played the best football of his life, and that was under Wayne Bennett. Like, there's definitely a connection there. And if he goes to the Dolphins, all of a sudden, there could be a massive change in the landscape. So that is going to be interesting going forward. As for the ins and outs for this game, uh, last weekend we saw Xavier Coates ruled out last minute with a hamstring injury. Nick Meaney came in, but Xavier Coates is back this week. It looks like he's been named alongside Brandon, uh, Harry Grant sorry, with Brandon Smith going back to the bench. As for the Dogs, Jack Hetherington out for the season with a shoulder injury. So Corey Waddell, he's officially in the run-on side this week, but he's been starting for most of the games this season. Luke Thompson named at prop with Ava Siumanafungo returning on the bench. Sorry if I said that wrong. And Max King, I think I said that right. He's been named despite going off early last week. So those are the team changes and such. Josh Adokar, of course, returning. And we saw um, uh, he's returning to face his old side, the Beers, of course. Me and the Beers, uh, my English. Uh, Brandon Wakeham last weekend got called in as well. Jake Avarillo, who just does not seem to be the guy at halfback. Great player, but just, yeah, definitely not the halfback. Or not definitely, but just not the halfback at this time, especially alongside Matt Burden and just where the team are at. Brandon Wakeham played awesome last weekend. He gets the go again, and the Storm will be a great test for him. Now, on to the next thing in my notes. Uh, I've got... Last weekend, Dean Eremia, who we've seen playing on the wing, he actually played in the centres and Remus Smith moved out to the wing. Now, I don't think that's their long-term option, but maybe we do see them go that route a couple of times throughout the season, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, And yeah, the X-Factor player is all of the Storm Spine, including Brandon Smith on the bench, Harry Grant, Jerome Hughes, Munster and Pappenhausen. As far as my one to watch, Josh King, who's in my Supercoach draft squad, which I'm very happy about. He has been a massive standout. Bellamy brought him over, and he seems to have filled that void, that huge void that Dale Finucane left. 
uh, and Josh King seems like they wouldn't be paying him a fortune, and he looks like that long-term successor to Funakane and some of the other guys that have come before them uh, in terms of just real hard-nosed Ford leaders who maybe not in the headlines on the front page, but they just get their job done so consistently. That is what Melbourne are all about. So Josh King is the one to watch because, yeah, this is only really the beginning. As far as the point of difference, I've got hectic cheese off the bench, Brandon Smith. I think that has potential if it's close in the early stages to really turn the game. And as far as my prediction, I'm going to be taking the Melbourne Storm. Look, as a bonus, I think they're going to go 13+, plus, but I don't want to be negative on the dogs. I just think the Storm may really turn it up here. But what happens if the dogs win? That will be very exciting. I'm sure I'll jump onto that in the Power Hour on Sunday. And be patient, Dogs fans. Gould, when he was at Penrith, like, that took a while to build. And you guys are already building really quickly. Trent Barrett is definitely the coach, in my opinion. They just need to find who their halfback is going forward. So I'm going to be taking the Melbourne Storm. As for JJ, which one are you going in this one? Yeah, for this one, it's hard to go past the Storm here. But I will say, I think it might be a little closer than we think. As you said, I th- uh, the Bulldogs are building not quick enough to get over the Storm in this game, I don't think. But we'll see how it plays out. The Bulldogs might be some value plus some points. So the Storm, but could be a close one. All right, jumping into the last game. And it's the Eels taking on the Dragons from Combank Stadium. And just going for the ins and outs here, Ryan Madison is coming back from a hamstring injury. And Bryce Cartwright is to replace uh, Wiramu Greg. And Ray Stone is out. Sorry if I butchered that. For the Dragons, Matt Fairguy is replacing the injured Cody Ramsey, who is out with a hamstring. And on the wing, and Jack Kozetsky starts in the back row for the suspended Jaden Sewer with Aaron Woods returning from a hamstring. So that's the ins and outs. As for my take on this one, mm, don't trust the Eels at all. Dragons, I want to build them up. Bit of a disappointing performance last week. They had a man off for a bit, I'm 90% sure, so that definitely played into it, decreased the momentum. Sharks are looking good this season, I'm definitely high on the Sharks, but for this specific game, mm, something saying Eels, a little bit of the home advantage should be a pretty good game. If the Dragons do win this one, that'll be a good kind of uh, scalp for them. So, this is a good test for both teams. A lot of good games this round, and this is another good game. If the Dragons win, that will be a bit of a statement for them. But I think I'll probably just lean slightly towards the Eels. Don't know which way I'm exactly going to tip yet. I will decide a bit closer to the time. Yep, so Ray Stone is out with an ACL injury. He came through in the clutch, scoring two tries to win the game against Melbourne. He put in that one percenter effort hello train to get the win for the eels so ray stone that was his last game for the eels unfortunately but what a heroic way to finish his career at Parramatta. he is off to the dolphins next season look this is going to be a really really fun game to watch i think clint gutherson is in for a big game and i was a bit concerned with what i saw from the dragons in the last round i do think they'll be looking to bounce back but 
Ultimately, look, after the Eels got it done over the Melbourne Storm, I think they're starting to get on track. They did have that devastating last-minute loss to the Sharks, so they need to get some consistency. They want to be a top-four football side, and to do that, they need to get over the Dragons. So I'm going to be taking the Parramatta Eels in this one. And yeah, that's been all eight games from myself and JJ. Sorry for the rambling and the beer shit talk, but uh, yeah, look, we will be back next week with the next round preview so hopefully with the tips are right i'll check back in on the power hour on sunday but it's going to be a great weekend so enjoy your weekend of footy and until next time take care